Welcome to the Pursuit of Growth show, where we hold candid conversations with fascinating individuals from all walks of life to learn about their passion, successes, failures, lessons learned, and how they apply personal growth to their lives. We'll end the conversation with key takeaways that we can all implement to better ourselves and the lives of those around us. Now, this episode is actually going to be a little bit different. And as always, though, I'm joined by my good buddy and co-host, Sammy Gonzalez, who's going to tell us a little bit more about this show. What's up, Sammy? Hey, what's up, Greg? Happy 2021. I think we can officially say Happy New Year to all the listeners. Is This is the first show that we're producing uh, for this new year. Um, so I'm super excited. I mean, tons of great opportunities, tons of good guests, um, a lot going on at, at, at the Pursuit of Growth, wouldn't you say? I think uh, we ended 2021 with a ton of momentum, um, with amazing guests. The conversations that we had, I feel like, um, are evergreen that we'll be able to, uh, to help people uh, you know, through 2022 and beyond. And I'm extremely excited about the guests that we've got lined up coming in the first part of this year. And I can't wait to see where the show goes from there. Yeah, definitely. We, I got bubble voice to start the year. Uh, we, um, we definitely ended on a high too, especially with uh, you know, a good buddy and mentor of mine, Steve Gray, gave some great, great actionable tips, some really good advice on all things, everything, and really revealed a lot. So I encourage the audience to go and listen to not only his episode, but all the episodes that we recorded last year, which kind of wanted to tease that out before we got rolling here was that we are now officially on uh, Anchor, where you can find our podcast. And that is distributing out to Spotify. Um, that is also on Apple Podcasts. It's soon to be on Google Podcasts. It's going to be on uh, Stitcher. And it's going to be on Overcast as well. With many more to come. So I think the biggest thing is just this content starting to take forms and starting to you know, be accessible to other locations where people can find them. So wherever you find, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, um, go on there and search for the Pursuit of Growth show and you'll start seeing more of these. So I just want to give that little shameless plug for ourselves as we move forward. Yeah, to add on that shameless plug, Sammy, um, I think I want to just hit on the fact again that we've really been intentional about the podcast and the guests and the interviews that we've done that the conversations that we have really are evergreen. They're gonna be long lasting. We're talking about subject matters that aren't specific for a certain time or a certain year. And so I encourage people to go back and listen to the shows from uh, 2019, 2020. And of course, join us on the journey as we get into 2022. Now I say all that with the exception of this particular show. Right. Because this show is gonna be dated as we're gonna be talking about the year that we just came out of 2021, which was a challenging year, but also a year full of opportunity and, and a lot of amazing successes. And so you and I are going to play a, a little game of Q&A and kind of go back and forth today and ask each other some questions about last year and share some of the things that we experienced as a part of uh, the pursuit of growth, our personal lives, our professional lives, and really just the year in review. Yeah, exactly. Thanks for laying that out for everybody. So as we look back on, on the year that was 2021, uh, I'll kick this off with a question to you, and then we'll kind of ping pong back and forth as we usually do. But one of the, the first things I wanted to know, and the first question we developed was, who had the biggest impact on you, Greg? Wow. Without a doubt, it was a woman named Leah Whitley, who I met in April of 2021. And it's been, gosh, almost uh, 10 months that we've been dating now. And so she and I uh, connected right off the bat and literally became inseparable from that time on. And through the last nine and a half, almost 10 months, we've completely changed our lives. We've, uh, we've moved to the same part of town. We've uh, gone on adventures, vacations. We've changed our lifestyle to be able to, uh, to create the relationship that we have today. And so without a doubt, my life today is 180 degrees different than what it was at this time last year prior to meeting her and it's been uh it's been literally one of the best things that has ever happened to me so um, without a doubt the person who had the biggest impact on me this year was leah whitley oh uh, that's it's pretty awesome to hear you say that because i am uh, quite a fan of hers um just getting to know her over the past you know however many months that i've known her 
Uh, I know she meshes well with all the friends and all the family and uh, really gets along and, and is fun to be around too. So uh, I, I'm proud that you're able to find someone that you can really focus uh, a lot of your enjoyment with and, and share your life experiences with together. And I think we have a really cool episode coming up. Uh, we, won't, we won't spoil it just yet, but she had a good idea for an episode. So I think that one's coming up too that I think people get a kick out of soon. Yeah, I think that episode will uh, will will be centered around relationships, which I think is going to be a lot of fun to get into. <laughs> um, but but that's just really just to elaborate just a little bit further. You know, the impact that she's had on me has just been such a blessing in terms of just the alignment that we have with our beliefs, the things that matter to us, the things that are important to us in work, personal lives. Um, she also has a little boy that's just been a blessing. Um, to my life to be able to uh, to be a part of his and just the three of us have just been on so many adventures and accomplished so many cool things that uh, I really you're going to hear me say this a lot I cannot wait to see where we go in 2022 but Sammy I'll, I'll turn that same question on you who had the biggest impact on you in 2021 and when we were talking about some of these questions, this was one of the ones that stood out to me as being probably the hardest one for me to kind of consolidate down into one thing. So I, I kind of have a, a cliche answer to this, but I think it's important to not let cliches get in the way of how you really feel. But really, I went through the year 2021 on kind of a new roller coaster, uh, started a um, new role. And so I, at, at my professional job, um, and so uh, as a, I was exploring some new opportunities, I was learning some new things, I was really inspired by a lot of the people that were able to support me along the way. So that really was, was something that was kind of unique and different, stepping out of my comfort zone and moving into a new industry um, and learning a lot. Um, but something that really inspired me was, and something that had, I guess, something that had the biggest impact on me was the conversations that we had um, just throughout the year and, and not just so much the show, which we'll get into a little bit more, but just really focusing and, and reflecting back on the conversations that I had. Um, there were some good ones. There were some bad ones. Um, there were some that went a little sideways, but all in all learned a lot from those. So the biggest impact for me is really just being open to conversations and, and exploring new things really um, made 2021 pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah, you know, for me, when I think of that question, what was the most memorable conversation? Um, it's easy for me to look back on the shows that we had because mm -hmm. each and every one of them were memorable and, and impactful. Um, but there was two um, when I when I read this question that jumped out to me, and one of those was the conversation with Scott Linebreak, and I just really appreciated how how bold and passionate he was about sharing his faith and how important that was in every aspect of his life. And he did it with, with charm. He did it with just, with just, again, boldness. And it really made an impact on me and challenged me to be more open and sharing my faith with other people as well, and just making it a part of my life and my daily conversations. And then a second was a conversation we had with James Henson. Mm -hmm. And James, gosh, he listed probably 50 memorable things in that conversation that, that really made an impact on me. But one of the things that he talked about was how as people in our culture, we tend to get so upset about very trivial things. And he made the quote, I've just realized there's not many hills that I'm gonna die on. Meaning there's just not that many things that he's going to just have these all out, just knock out, drag out fights over, whether it's with the people in his life and his family, friends, colleagues, you name it so many things we can just let go and move on and be totally fine. And I think that especially applies to our social media world as we see so many things that just continue to explode and cause division. So again, I'll go back to what he said, just be careful on the hills that you choose to die on. Yeah, that's an interesting take too. And, and, and uh, his conversation that we had was really impactful to me as well. Uh, I remember listening to that a couple of different times and, and just thinking, man, this guy thinks differently than a lot of people that I know, uh, which was really unique and exciting to, to go back and dive into because there's so many nuggets of gold there. So yeah, I, I appreciate you bringing that one back up too, because I think that one's on a permanent playlist for me too. Right. Um, man, all the conversations that we had, just if we want to just dive into the shows, right? There's so many tactics 
because I love that tactical feel. Like, what are some of the things that you're doing, some actionable items? And that's the premise of the book, but then it's also kind of part of the show as well, where we ask people like, you know, what are some of the things that you do in your life? And I think every single show is just filled with nuggets and so much so that I was actually, as you were talking, I was pulling out my notepad because every, everyone that's listened to the show, they've, you know, we take notes on everybody and we give our top three things that we've taken from each show. And those are such little like wisdom points uh, from every single person. I mean, just looking back through here, like I can glean so much information from my notes, but going back and listening to them all, I hope the audience can, can find some time to do that. And then even if anything, they, they're able to go and listen to some of those key takeaways that we've had, because I think there's a, there's a ton of value that everyone has provided us uh, just being part of the show. And frankly, there's a whole lot more coming up that I'm really excited about. Agreed. Sammy, looking back on last year, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when I ask what inspired you? You know, there's a lot of people that were impacted tremendously by 2020. Um, that was a year, you know, that COVID really was ramped up and, and taking you know, the world by storm. Um, so I think the people that flourished and, and were able to thrive through the difficult scenarios and circumstances in which they were presented through 2020, and they came out on the other side of 2021, still being in the pandemic, but learned to adapt. And that's one of the, the core tenets of my life. One of the, my five words that I appreciate or that I've um, outlined for myself, but adaptability is one of the, the first ones. And I, that's what really has inspired me the most to see how people have adapted um, and how they've really some people have changed careers. Some people have started new businesses. The world has changed a lot um, in the last couple of years, especially last year. So that's what's inspired me the most. So what about you, Greg? You know, the first thing that came to my mind was actually an experience. And so uh, I mentioned earlier that Leah and I have gone on several adventures um, over the past year. And one particular adventure was to visit her, uh, her dad and stepmom in Florida. And they have actually just purchased a sailboat. And we went out um, onto the ocean and we're just having a great afternoon just sailing through the water. And I've never seen dolphins um, in real life outside of like an aquarium. And there was actually three or four dolphins that we saw swimming ahead. And as we got closer to where they were at, they actually pulled up beside us and there turned out to be about five dolphins. And for about 20 minutes, they swam right next to us on the sailboat so close that I could literally reach out and touch them. It was one of those experiences that just you'll never forget. It's one of those moments that just, you know, I don't know that that will ever happen again. It was such a really, really unique and, and just inspiring moment. But really what that did was it just kind of gave me this, this realization that it's, it's just those little experiences in life that really matter in terms of the people that you're with, the things that you do, and be intentional about just exploring this world that we live in whether you have the ability to travel or you're just exploring it just in your own backyard, there is so much to appreciate. And I think what really it did was it just gave me this, this new outlook and it came at a time where I think I was really wrapped up in my professional career and a lot of the different things that were going on with my work. And it really just helped me to realize that this world is absolutely incredible and there's so many cool things that I'm yet to experience, God willing, that I can look forward to. So that was definitely what inspired me um, this past year. How about you? You know, to add on to that too, I think that there's some more questions down here, down the list that it's gonna, I'm gonna be able to answer that a little bit uh, more thoroughly. So I don't wanna steal my thunder from one of the ones that's later on down the road, but yeah, being inspired too, it's around the other people that I've, that I've met, right? I've met a lot of people, my, my, uh, community has grown quite a bit more so in the way of friends and family and, and personal connections versus just being connected and inspired to people that I work with, um, which has been great. But I know for a long time, my circles were really only the people that I really interacted with from a professional um aspect there wasn't a lot of you know we didn't we had i have tons of friends like I, I am blessed to have tons of friends um but adding in now like people that have kids that are now 
my kids are friends with their kids and now I'm getting to know them too. You know, that's, it's pretty unique and different. It's a entirely yeah. new phase of life, which is really cool and to, to meet so many like-minded people. Um, you know, it, it inspires me to see how good of parents they are, um, where they've shared that they're stressed out about or where they're struggling and knowing that I'm not alone. So it's, uh, it's, it's good to have that as well. Some good people around you all the time. How are you brave this past year? Boy, this is a tough question. Um, the, the biggest thing, the, the thing that popped in my mind first when I saw this question was just taking on that new role at work, right? Stretching way outside of my comfort zone um, and, and try on, for the basis of doing something new and challenging for myself from a professional endeavor. I've been, you know, to the top of many organizations. I, I think I'm, I'm pretty good at my craft. I'm a continuous learner um, in the fields of marketing, design, you know, social media, all that kind of stuff. But I also wanted to stretch it from a technology standpoint. And so uh, taking on this new role, learning a lot more, um, jumping into things that I had no idea what they were talking about and being able to learn those. I think that, you know, not to pat myself on the back, but I felt like that was a brave, bold Absolutely. step uh, to be able to do that. Um, but then there were some other things too, you know, it's, it's really about stretching the comfort zone as well. But, you know, some of the different experiences that we've had um, you know, taking, taking some risks on some, some personal, uh, items that I wanted to kind of pursue and watching them pay off as well. Um, so I know it's kind of a generic answer there a little bit, but I think the biggest thing that stood out was taking that professional career leap, uh, was the biggest one. Yeah. I want to give you kudos for that because, you know, the, there's so many people that I've talked to that, you know, find themselves in a job either they don't like or a job where they just feel comfortable and when you talk about, have you thought about exploring that next step or have you started looking at your other options? You know, the, the common objection is, well, I just don't think I can do that or I don't have the skills to do that. And you see that it's fear inspired, that they're, they're, they're holding themselves back because of the fear of the unknown. And so for you jumping into a role that of course you were qualified to be able to do the role, but there were a lot of aspects of that role that you didn't know that you had to learn and you had to trust in your beliefs and, and you're, you're be confident in your abilities to be able to do that. And I can tell you that that was something watching from afar inspired me seeing you make that leap and take that new job and flourish with it. So, uh, so kudos to you. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of people that, that can probably benefit from understanding the fact that you, you aren't tied to your job, right? Mm -hmm. I, for the longest time, I know one of the things that that I was, was the guy that did this, right? Or I was Sammy with this company mm -hmm. or whatever it was. And it got to the point where it was like, I was really attaching myself to, to my work. And there's so much more outside of, of just that, that I think that once you find the right type of company, um, you know, that allows you to have that freedom and that, that stance of you are more than just your work, um, I think it, it really helps in your personal life as well. And I know it's freed me up a lot. I mean, not to mention, you know, some of the great benefits that I have, but I think other people need to know as well, like a lot of pushback you may get is from yourself and what others will perceive of you. You know, I, I don't know if you've ever heard of that, like some hiring managers, they'll look at your resume. And if you like stay one year at one job and one year at one job that, you know, that looks bad because you're a job hopper or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there are, there are people like that, right? But there is also something as not a right fit. And I found myself in that situation. So I was able to find a different fit without fear or repercussion of other people saying like, oh, well, you were only with this other job for a year and then you went to this other one or whatever it may be. So just got to find what works for you. And honestly, you don't have to waste a lot of your time um, just sitting back in something that's not for you. If, if you're unhappy or you want to explore, or you want to do something. I think, again, going back to adaptability, 2021 gave you a lot of opportunities or 2020 gave you a lot of opportunities to reshuffle the deck and, and put some plans in action on 2021. So hopefully people can carry that forward into the, the big two, two that we're in right now. Yeah. There's a statement that I absolutely love that says, do not attach yourself to a person company or place, but attach yourself to a mission or purpose. And I really feel that goes right along with what you said, because again, so many of us can attach ourselves to our jobs or the place we live or the community we're a part of, 
But when you do that, you're just tying a big anchor around your ankle and you're holding yourself back from where you potentially could go. And so I think you're a great example of cutting that anchor free and, uh, and you know, pursuing other opportunities. And again, that was something that I think was incredibly brave and, and inspiring. So you what know, about, I, I was going to say, what about you on the, on the brave front? Yeah. So uh, there, there was a couple things that jumped out, but I'm going to go back to my, uh, to, to the, the, the thread of the experience. So at the very beginning of last year to actually celebrate your 40th birthday, um, a bunch of our buddies, we went to central Texas to Vernon, Texas, actually outside of Vernon, Texas, to uh, Spider Mountain, which is a downhill mountain bike course. where You actually take a ski lift up the mountain and then you take different trails um, that take anywhere from what you think, five, 20 minutes to be able to get down. But you are gaining some incredible speed going through some pretty challenging obstacles. And if you're gonna crash, there's a good chance that you may have a, uh, a hospital stay or at least a really, really rough night or week ahead of you. And uh, I could tell you that looking back, it may be one of the most fun experiences that I've ever had in my entire life. But I can tell you going there, there was a lot of nerves and jitters about, am I a good enough rider to be able to handle this course, to not hurt myself, and is my bike, which is nothing fancy, going to be able to withstand kind of the challenges of the terrain and the obstacles as we're flying down this mountain? And the answer to both of those were yes. And I remember just making my mind up uh, the morning that we were going that any hesitation or anxiety or fear that I had, I was just going to kill it. And it was not allowed in my mind because all that was going to do was cause me to be hesitant or to hold back and potentially cause myself to have some problems because of hesitation. So I successfully wiped that out of my mind and just said, man, I'm gonna enjoy this and have a blast and just choose to be brave. And that's what I did. And I'm super proud of that experience. And Sammy, I cannot wait to go back. Yeah, where it's in the, it's in the early planning stages right now. I know that for sure. One of my favorite memories, I mean, that was a, that was a fantastic birthday that, that my mountain bike crew the MTB TBD crew um, put together for me. And, and thanks to my wife for setting that all up with you guys and making a big special surprise birthday. Um, but there's so many great memories that came out of that. I mean, from the, the hotel stay to the, you know, riding together to, you know, literally eight hours of riding our bikes together, right? Let's go outside and ride bikes together. How much fun right. was that? Right. But one of my favorite experiences, just a quick story is that most, I would say that, I probably lean on the a little bit more experienced and probably a lot more adventurous than most of the writers in the group. Like I'll, I'll, mm -hmm. I'll try some things that I know I, I should not be trying. And I've, I have paid dearly uh, in a couple <laughs> of lives that I've left uh, of the nine lives I have, two of them You've are You've had lame. some gnarly, gnarly <laughs> crashes. I have. And, uh, but one of my favorite experiences was actually, you know, I rode with some of the other guys. And I finally got a chance to ride with you because I made it a point to ride with every single guy, like on a trail. But you and I were riding. And I was behind you. And I'll never forget, I have a GoPro on. And we're, we're flying down this one this one path it's a really long one long trail and there's a couple of jumps there's one jump in particular that it goes straight and then it's got one jump and then it's got another jump and these aren't small jumps they're probably three foot four foot jumps or so maybe right around that range but the second jump has a left hand kicker so it kind of kicks you over to the right if you go on the left hand side well i'm following you and i'm watching you have a blast you jump the first one and you catch a little bit of air but the second one you catch pretty decent air and you turn around and you scream and you're like do you see that and i was like yeah <laughs> well in the midst of fun that we're having i accidentally go a little too far left so i'm off camber as i jump and i start <laughs> to lean and i'm like i'm going down i was like i'm i'm about to fall and sure enough i um let's just say that i not so gracefully straddled the middle <laughs> of the bike and didn't wreck but uh had a spectacular landing um in a region in which you don't want to be landing on. Um, so maybe a few foreign languages came out of my mouth, but yeah, it was, a, I'll never forget that because the excitement on your face and, and the comments that you made as you were like, literally just got done jumping was so much fun that I, I just lost all my, all my <laughs> skill set and I almost wrecked. So I appreciate uh, your fun time there. <laughs> 
Well, and that kind of leads into our, our, our next question, <laughs> which, uh, which is subjective in nature. So I'll preface it by saying, share something that just comes to the, just the top of your mind and you can't repeat the story you just shared, um, but what made you happy in 2021? Yeah, I spent a lot of time uh, last year really ramping up those experiences with my friends and my family. I think 2020 gave me a, a realization um, that when you can't go somewhere for whatever reason and you can't have those experiences for whatever reasons they may be, um, that you really need to cherish those times and really make it and make it a dedicated, um, gosh, make it part of your life, I should say. And so uh, really what I did was I just really ramped up 2021 experiences. And we'll talk a little bit more about some of those later mm -hmm. on in some of the questions, but I just went all out. I said, what, what more, what better time than now to just start doing the things that I want to do? So, hey, is it grab coffee with friends? Is it go on mountain biking trips? Is it, you know, uh, try and learn something new? Uh, something we haven't talked about is all the learning that's happened in the past year too. Like for me, diving headfirst into crypto, uh, cryptocurrencies and crypto investing and trading to NFT projects that are all on the cutting edge to going back down and just starting to draw again. Like, um, you know, I've never been a great artist, but I have a degree in graphic design. It's like, man, I forgot what it's like to draw. So just kind of yeah. doodling, you know? So that's really what it was. Like those things just made me happy. And the experiences that I had, especially with my friends and family and my kids, um, going through a lot of those really unique, fun things that you know, they're starting to learn at five and seven, that you kind of forget about doing something for the first time. And for a lot of the things that we've done, it's their first time. So seeing that experience was cool. What about you? So, man, I, I, could, I could almost just echo exactly what you just said, um, because it aligns exactly with, with what I look back on with 2021. So really focusing on experiences. And so I, I started this thing last year that I'm continuing this year. I'm calling it the TPG 25, which is 25 like major cool experiences of things that I just enjoy doing. And each one of them is actually set up to do with someone else. And so it's just been a lot of fun. So that could be something as simple as going paddleboarding or mountain bike riding. Maybe it's, uh, you know, playing, playing a musical instrument, playing guitar, doing a performance. Um, it could be making a painting, all kinds of just different stuff that I just enjoy doing. And so accomplishing that last year and then coming up with new um, sets of goals for this year has just been a blast. But I'm going to take it a step further. And so, you know, I talked at the very beginning of this episode on who had the biggest impact on me, and that was Leah. And one of the things that we did this past year was every single night, we would share three gratitudes for the day with each other. Three things that we appreciated about the day or we just really enjoyed. And we've talked about this a lot on the show. We've written blogs about it, but there's nothing that changes your attitude more than gratitude. And when you specifically focus during the day on trying to have a perspective of seeing the bright side of things, and finding just those little everyday things that you're excited about, whether it's a, a good glass of wine at the end of the evening, maybe it's hanging out and just spending time together, or just a really cool thing that happened at work. Actually talking and bringing those things um, and sharing with each other just made me happy every single day. And so uh, without a doubt, the, the, the emphasis on gratitude this past year absolutely made me happy. Yeah, it really does make a difference. I think it goes attitude and gratitude go hand in hand, just like you mentioned in the chapters four and five in the book. Um, I, I know the attitude's number four because I, I reference it uh, quite a bit. But those two chapters, I think a lot of people can understand and uh, start to digest and, and take forth with them too. Um, it, it'll it'll make an impact in their life. But so you you did write a really good blog about that. And I hope more people check that out. Yeah. So with that, one of the things... <laughs> Next question we have is, what did you avoid? Yeah, so, uh, you know, another question that we've got down the, down the coming down the pipeline is, is what goals did we fail to achieve? And so there, there's a couple things that almost can go, go kind of hand in hand with, with these questions. Um, but I think back, um, one of my major goals was to do more work in my long-term financial planning in terms of, setting things up for, you know, several years down the road with getting more in tune on investing opportunities, really getting lean in terms of my savings, trying to figure out how to eventually start some new passive income streams. And quite honestly, I, I did some work on that. I accomplished several of my goals that I wanted to do in that realm. But overall, in terms of what I wanted to accomplish last year, I didn't. 
And quite honestly, I just kept putting it off because it just seemed like such a big challenge. And I didn't effectively sit down and utilize the plan that you and I both came up with to break it down, to make it manageable, to set smart goals, to find accountability. I just kind of just did it a little bit here and there. And when you take a lackadaisical approach, you get a lackadaisical result. And that's the result that I got. And so I'll talk a little bit more, um, I'm sure throughout this year about how that's actually a really focal point of my goals for 2022 is to get really, really focused on that and get that plan together. Yeah, I, you know, looking at this, I kind of had the same thing and the same kind of result and thinking about the question was, there weren't a lot of things that I didn't accomplish that, you know, were, were big pitfalls. But I think one of the areas in which I, I, I would say that I might have avoided it, but because it was one of the things, again, I didn't put forth the plan, right? It's, it's to really understand the concepts of where my faith lies in general. Um, and so that's one of the things that I'm carrying forward in this year is as a strong or as a, as a goal to find some strong answers on to where my faith truly lies uh, in the big picture scheme of things. And not that I don't believe in God, but what does it mean to believe in God, right? And what are some of the avenues in which I'm going to be exploring those things? And, you know, what, what's the next steps for me and my family? And when it comes to overall understanding of your belief systems and your faith um, in general. So that was something that, you know, I kind of put on the back burner a little bit last year, trying to kind of reset. And I, a little bit was okay, because I found a lot of the relationships I was building led me to understanding a more universal love and kindness and gratitude across everyone that I've met, which I think is something that's important to do and something that kind of is part of your faith in people and things as well. Um, but find that higher power and that, that, I guess, more understanding of a spiritual and uh, versus religious um, type understanding is something that I will carry forward into this year. It's one of my big goals this year. Well, I, I tell you what, how about I'll help hold you accountable for the progress and the, the work there. And you hold me accountable for what I just shared. And uh, man, we'll, we'll knock both goals out together. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm game. But you can't do it. You can't do it by yourself, right? Yeah, it's one of the core tenets of um, TPG is to uh, make sure you have an accountability buddy. Absolutely. And there's a lot of other people that we can bring into the mix on both sides of those. And yep. It's it's interesting you mentioned that goal too. That that's another one of my goals that I have is to continue to deepen my faith. And we'll talk more more about this later. But a, a big, a big, big undertaking that I'm going through this year is in apologetics, which is basically. For, for lack of a long description, it's being able to defend the faith, being able to ultimately answer questions, difficult questions about the Bible, about God, about other religions, and really educating myself to be able to, to share the information that I learn as a part of this process. And it's something that I've done for the last, gosh, probably decade, but I really want to get intentional about really becoming good at sharing what I've learned and being able to articulate it well to where people can actually understand it. So that's going to be something that, that I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I think it takes a uh, pretty pretty keen awareness of yourself and your understanding of what you believe to be able to share that without being pushy mm -hmm. and to be able to share that and understanding that some people are going to have opposing viewpoints no matter what you say um, just because of their you know staunch beliefs and whatever they may be rooted in. But to be able to have that conversation, I think it's just a, it's an inspiring and unique conversation to have with other people just learning about what they feel and what they think. And, you know, you ponder, what do the, what have people pondered for the entirety of our, of our lives, right? What is the meaning of life, right? If you start yeah. with that base question, it's like, man, that's, that's some fun conversations that come out of well, that as well. And I want to, I want to go off on that because I love what you just said, because in the last chapter in our book really talks about, um, about faith as being something that we encourage people to explore because ultimately like, why are we here? That's like the biggest question that we can possibly have. And so you're right that so many people can be pushy and, and, and angry and, and really, really just unkind when it comes to these type of conversations. When I believe this is where we should be curious and we should be, you know, thoughtful and, and let's learn from each other. Let's ask good questions. Let's be respectful of where people are at. 
And you can share what you believe in a way that's not condescending or judgmental, but hey, this is kind of where I got to where I'm at. Hey, tell me a little bit about where you're at and let's talk about this together. I think it should be a conversation that we're having every single day with people all around the world, but yet we've, we've built up these walls that we feel like this is a conversation that if we're gonna have it, we gotta put our dukes up and we've mm -hmm. gotta be ready to fight. And that's really my goal in terms of learning apologetics is to be able to share what I learned in a kind, loving way, but being open to listening to other people and asking really good questions to help them feel comfortable in sharing what it is that they believe or what they don't believe. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think that's gonna be a fun exercise that we're gonna go through throughout the rest of the year and I really look forward to it. Yeah. Well, speaking of, again, last year, what was a favorite moment? Mm, there were so many. Um, from concerts to beach trips to, uh, I mean, being able to experience new friends and get to know them even more to the small things in life too, right? The, the, big, the little wins and the big successes down to the, the challenges that just didn't think would be possible. And then also having the support of people around me to be able to say like, hey, you got this or hey, yeah, have you thought about it this way? I think it was, was really key. So um, I don't have... a a true like defining North star moment or anything like that. But there were a lot of, a lot of events throughout the course of the year that were really impactful. It kind of paired over into that. I mean, what inspired you conversation? Do you have a, a, do you have a one big one that really stood out? Well, again, just like you, I, I've got about 50 that I can yeah. probably pick from. Yeah. Um, but, but I do have one that, that it, it jumped out to the front of my mind and again, going back to question number one, who had the biggest impact on you? And, and that person was Leah. We took um, a road trip to Memphis, Tennessee, and we're both big, big music fans. And for anyone that knows anything about Memphis, Tennessee, the very famous Beale Street is there, which is just filled with restaurants and bars. And some of the most amazing musicians that you will never hear of performing there on a nightly basis. And so we spent the evening just bar hopping and going in and out of bars and just listening to some incredible musicians, some incredible singers. And there was one particular bar we just walked into and the music was jamming and we just walked right on the dance floor and just started dancing with just random people all around us. And it was just one of those moments where it was just so much fun. Mm. So without a doubt, that was my favorite moment of 2021. Nice. All right. So in all those moments and all those things, what was something that really stood out that you learned about yourself? Man, so one thing that I learned about myself this year uh, was decisiveness. So if you asked me five or 10 years ago, if there was a character trait that I wanted to really get better at, it was decisiveness. That was from everything from when someone asks, hey, what should we do for dinner tonight? And it's the, well, I don't know, what do you wanna do? <laughs> and it's the back and forth, or when there's a, a situation at work and a decision needs to be made. And I often would go and ask everybody else to make sure that I had some type of alignment. So whatever decision I made would be something that everyone thought was copacetic. And I realized that by being undecisive, I was causing myself a lot of heartache. <laughs> and I really just wasn't accomplishing a lot of the tasks and goals that needed to be done with the effectiveness that they could be. And I realized that if I were to grow in decisiveness, that would really, really help me. And so I spent time listening to TED Talks. I spent time um, reading some articles and blogs on how to be more decisive and just kind of the mindset to adopt. And uh, what I learned about myself is I'm absolutely capable of doing that. We all are. And so uh, this past year, that was actually something that I wrote on the top of my daily planner where I list out all the goals and tasks I need to accomplish that day. I'll write little notes to myself. And one of them, the top of every page was be decisive. And when a situation came up that I realized, okay, I need to make a decision that would instantly come to my mind. I'd say, you know what? Think about it, weigh the pros and cons. Let's make a decision, let's move forward. Now that doesn't mean that if a big decision came up that I just made a rash, you know, rash judgment and ran off. So obviously this is, this is within context, 
But for many of those everyday small decisions that need to be made, being decisive was something that I learned about myself that I could pull off. Yeah, there's a lot of people that focus on that and, and decisiveness, and they look at it from the 80% principle in which they're going to get to about an 80% yes and just run with it right they'll, they'll figure out the other 20 percent as they go away uh, go along their path and some people don't like that <laughs> some people um, are not wired that way some people need to have all the i's dotted and t's crossed and everything buttoned up but you know I, as i you know just to piggyback on that and that's not necessarily one of the things that i've learned but something throughout my life is that yeah i've made some mistakes nothing catastrophic by just kind of saying like well, let's just run with it. I've got about 60% of that information, but you know, most of the stuff that you do in life is not catastrophic. When you just take that decision and go, you can usually pivot pretty quickly. Um, and actually if that's something you focus on being adaptable, like I do, it really helps with that because then you're able to navigate some tough times and learn some new experiences pretty quickly because you're able to get to the results you're looking for by moving fast and failing forward. Yeah, I think you bring up a good uh, a good point that I can elaborate on is the decisiveness that I'm talking about are typically those little things, right. those little everyday things that tend to bog us down and mm. keep us from those big things that we're trying to accomplish. Now, the, the bigger the situation, the bigger the, the consideration, obviously, there's going to be more time involved. But I mean, there are times where I would spend forever trying to figure out like just what shirt I was going to wear, <laughs> just, you know, what, what, uh, what. I was going to have for lunch that day which, or where I was which way to, to dinner. which way to part your hair right yeah which way yeah was i going to go with the uh the the, the tight shave or let the hair grow out for a couple of days the number one or the number two right yeah the number one or the number two so uh yeah so being decisive has been something that i think has been a major attribute again this year no doubt you know one of the things that in thinking about that question there's something that i started to enact last year to that it really helps with me. I've talked a lot about my struggles with, it's not anxiety, but it's the ability to, to want to do so much at one time. The mm -hmm. old, the, the weird analogy that it, you, know, you always hear is like, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Um, I'm guilty of trying to eat two elephants in one bite. Um, <laughs> and so uh, one you thing, and me both. yeah, one thing that I, I've really started to implement and I started this last year was being able to turn it off because my mind can continuously race, especially late into the evening as, as I get my kind of second or third, fourth wins. But as when I've always been this way, right? When I get in bed, it's time for bed. Like I don't get on my phone. I don't, you know, I'll have TV on or whatever to help wind me down, whatever for a few minutes. But usually it's, it's pretty much when I hit the bed, it's sleep time. But I found throughout the past year or so thinking about so much that I, I had to tell myself, I do this every single night. I, uh, I learned to tell myself to stop and yes. it's, I literally lay on my bed. I flip my pillow over because the other side's always the coldest. Right. I flip my pillow over. I, I tell myself stop and every single night I smile and I go to bed and it's literally helped me out so much by just turning that thing off. And you know what? I'll, I'll pick it up tomorrow. I write down copious notes of whatever I'm thinking about all the time anyway. But, uh, that's one of the things I learned about myself that's really worked is, being able to, that I can turn it off and you know what, I'm not going to forget that much whenever it comes to the next four hours when I wake up. <laughs> you know, you know, what, what's interesting is, you know, you, you have that voice as you're going to bed. For me, it's when I wake up and I immediately start going to mm -hmm. all the situations and worst case scenarios that could happen. And I've got to do this and I've got to do that. And just like you, I've adapted this measure of where I say, be present, like stop. And I kill that thought and I replace it with be present where you're at. You've got plenty of time that you're going to plan and you're going to handle these things. But I just have to like literally kill that thought. And it's something that Sammy, I have to do every single morning. Yeah. And if I don't, it will, it will take me and just run wild. And so I appreciate you sharing that because I think that's a powerful, powerful tool again, because so many people struggle with anxiety because they can't turn that voice off inside their head, but you literally, name it recognize it and then when it shows up you've got to tell it to go away yeah what did our friend mary lyons say uh one of the uh, one of her favorite things to do or what she named her anxiety right yeah i'm trying to think what she named it she named her she named that voice inside her head i think she named it like carol was it carol <laughs> or like helen or 
yeah we'll have to we'll have to go back and look at that episode but yeah exactly it was the, the fact that she named it and then she was like shut up name <laughs> yeah so great that's so huge and it, it works yeah, so it really does well well that, that's a major goal to accomplish but i'll ask you this what other goal are you most proud of accomplishing in 2021 yeah, I think the, the biggest goal that I had was making sure that I provided those experiences to my kids um, that I really want them to start to, to have to because there's so much I see from other kids or, you know, you hear in the media, whatever it may be, is that, you know, kids are being impacted so much by the time they're spent alone or the time they're spent on screen. So the times they're spent, you know, like not around the right types of people with the right types of mindset. So for me, one of my you can call him an idol of mine was Anthony Bourdain and, and as troubled as he was one of the things that he always said was that traveling would give you new experiences and new ways of thinking about life and yeah the day-to-day minutia can really grind on somebody but when you get out of that and you're able to travel and experience new people uh, new places and new new things um, that's something that you know is, is really important to me it's so much so that you know I joke all the time that I'll sell this house that I live in at, at any point in time and, and take a two bedroom condo so that we can like travel more and do more things. But, um, it was definitely traveling. And for our 10th wedding anniversary, it's on January 1st, we spent it on the couch in our living room and it was unglorious. It was unceremonial. The kids stayed up and we celebrated. Uh, and then I think we were in bed by like 1205, um, that year for, for ringing in 2020. So, um, one of the things I think it was, yeah, 2020. So one of the things I told um, everyone, uh, no, I'm sorry. It was 2021. Anyway, I'm getting my dates mixed up. Anyway, I told my family, I said, we are not going to be here on New Year's Eve this next year. We're traveling. And sure enough, we were able to take time out. We were able to drive to Colorado, uh, Southwest Colorado, one of the places I love the most, and spend time with friends, hanging out and uh, enjoying the, uh, the mountains and the snow. So it was a really cool experience, and I made good on, on my uh, statement that we are not sitting on that couch for New Year's. And, and we did it for our anniversary, and we did it for uh, the kids learning how to ski, and uh, Cynthia being able to ski, and me enjoying some time with friends, too. Nice. I, uh, I think I have a tie for first and the goals that I'm most proud of accomplishing. Uh, the first one um, has to do with my work. So I work for a charity, Vogel Alcove, and we serve homeless children and homeless families. And my role is the fundraising. And we do three major events throughout the year that on a, a normal year, when we're not in a global pandemic, it is a challenge to hit our revenue goals. And so looking back, I'm extremely proud that myself, our team, um, our board of directors and our many, many, many supporters were able to hit our goals for those three events which ultimately helped fund our mission throughout the year. So that was something I was extremely proud of. And then tied for that was the fact that I've started attending and gotten engaged in a new church. And that was a goal of mine to be able to, to find a new place. I've mentioned that um, Lee and I had, had moved to a similar area of town so that we could be closer together. And in doing that, I needed to find a new church. And uh, I did not know how long that was gonna take. I wasn't sure what that was going to look like, but we put a plan together and within a relatively, I'd say short amount of time, we settled on a, a new place in Rockwall that now we've been going to consistently. So I'm very excited about, uh, about achieving that goal. Awesome. That's, that's really cool. And again, look forward to exploring that a little bit more with you this year as we, as we go along uh, in 2022. Now I'm going to flip this a little bit more from that goals perspective that we had been talking about uh to one we talked a little bit about this earlier but tell me about a goal that you failed to achieve mm. so i mentioned earlier that uh there was aspects pretty big aspects of the financial literacy yeah. goals that i missed um there was another one that quite honestly i failed miserably at and that falls in the realm of health and wellness mm. so in terms of each year, I've got quarterly and yearly goals in all 11 focus areas that we talk about in the pursuit of growth. And I had a plethora of health goals that I wanted to be able to accomplish. And I, I think I accomplished close to 95% of them. But one big one was in the realm of flexibility and mobility. Mm 
Mm. So throughout my life, I have not been a very flexible person. And as I continue to get older, I have goals to continue to do mixed martial arts, all the different sports, mountain bike riding, running, you name it. And I realize that as I go through my 40s, 50s, and into my 60s, for me to be able to do those things, I've really got to get my body to be more flexible, and I've really got to be able to get more mobility to be able to, to, be able to handle that. So I had a goal to be able to reach down standing and touch my toes. Now, my entire life, if I were to bend over and try to touch my toes, I'm probably about a good eight or nine inches from where my, my fingertips stop to where my toes are. You just need longer arms, right? I mean, so, so not to make excuses, but <laughs> my arms are not super, super long. But the reality is from my back, my hips, and my hamstrings and my thighs, I have a lot of opportunity to grow my flexibility. So I put together a plan. I actually went and researched and found different stretches that would address all those areas. I even found YouTube videos of, you know, the YouTube pros that would teach you how to become flexible in the matter of 30 days if you followed their routine. And quite honestly, I just didn't do it. <laughs> and so to this day, I still cannot touch my toes. But like any goal that you don't achieve, you ask yourself, is this a goal that I need to achieve? And if it's not, then get rid of it. Well, this is a goal I need to achieve. And so it's moved over into this year's category. And so I'm actively now working on a routine to be able to accomplish it. And so I'm taking it step by step and stretch by stretch. Nice. Yeah. I, why is it that, side note, stretching is probably the most painful thing you can do? It doesn't. It's so It's so hard. And the thing is, you can lift weights all day. You can be so sore. You can run a marathon. I've never ran one. I can imagine. It's painful. But stretching is the hardest thing you can do from a workout perspective. But every time I do it, I'm just like, why don't I do this more often? Like, uh -huh. you feel so good afterwards. So I've actually, it's funny you mentioned that. One of the goals that I have for this year in my health and wellness uh, is every Sunday, do at least a five-minute stretching routine. Because again, it feels so good. Like, why don't you do this all the time? So that's something I'm going to be incorporating. So what's a goal that you failed to achieve this past year? Uh, so we talked about the faith one uh, and finding that, that uh, insight into my personal beliefs in faith. And so that's probably the biggest one uh, that I failed to achieve. It wasn't anything outside of like concrete, anything else that I did not achieve that I, that I didn't do for sake of, you know, just not doing one that I failed to achieve towards the end of the year due to just, you know, circumstances that were not of my, my own doing, but I had, I had to have surgery on a hernia. Um, and that really put a damper on my, on my fourth quarter, um, because I was unable to, to really hit some of the fitness goals that I was looking to do. Um, and so my, my whole thing is as I'm starting to get older as well, one of the key indicators of, of, uh, longevity is your grip strength. Um, and so like you're starting to build up more muscle and starting to build up, not mass, but starting to build up more strength. Um, and so, uh, that was one of the key things I really noticed that I was very deficient in my core. Um, I just noticed that I wasn't able, like, I did not have the stability that I wanted to in doing some of the things we were doing on a mountain bike. So I was like, all right, I'm going to start doing that. Well, something happened and I just overexerted myself and I, I gave myself a hernia, but it actually wasn't an injury. It was a, some kind of predisposed kind of genetic thing I, I think um that I was told uh so I got that all fixed up but I mean I'm still impacted a little bit on my daily my day-to-day -day of it but um yeah that really put a damper on that so again not not anything I didn't fail to achieve myself but um that one really that fourth quarter kind of shook me up a little bit yeah what music did you enjoy this past year I did not get a chance to go back through my Spotify and do the top list um, like I wanted to. I was going to go through and check and take a look. But I have to admit, man, there was so much good music that was out there. There were so many concerts that we were able to attend, and we'll get to some of those, I'm sure, mm -hmm. in a little bit. But, I mean, there was a lot of music that came out of uh, some of the some of the old guys, uh, you know, Foo Fighters being one of the big ones, um, mm -hmm. that were producing some great music. And then, like, there's there is some some new kind of indie type of rock that's starting to make way into the mainstream again, which is good to hear. 
and then I was also able to kind of reconnect through a friend of mine um, with some of the different type of electronic music that I in the past used to like and just kind of fell out of favor for me. But there's some new artists that I've started to investigate a little bit more. So there's a lot. Um, but I would say the biggest impact is probably the Foo Fighters album or albums this year. Well, I'll say the biggest impact on me wasn't a Foo Fighters album, but a Foo Fighters concert. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so you, me, and Cynthia and Leah took a road trip to Oklahoma City um, over the summer and had purchased tickets to see the Foo Fighters at uh, the Oklahoma City Zoo. <laughs> yeah, that, the, yes, the, the zoo. It was at the zoo at, at an amphitheater there on site, and we didn't realize it, but literally we were in a, in a standing room only type of, of section that was, what, 20 feet from the stage? I, I, don't, I didn't realize it. I knew there were VIP tickets, but I just found them online. You know, we... But that was the thing is like, I couldn't believe when we got there, where our seats were and the treatment we were given. We were nothing special. We just, I literally found them online, but boy, we were treated with royalty. Um, different experience in Oklahoma than some of them we've had in the past. Yes. Well, I'll just share that if you've never seen a, a, a big band, and when I say a big band, like a band that is just a professional, just touring. Masters just, of the craft. Yep. Masters of the craft is a great way to put it. If you've never seen them up close, it's a priceless experience. And so being that close to Dave Grohl and the band and just watching them play for, gosh, over two hours straight. Was it three hours? Three hours. And, you know, if they would have gone another three, I think I would have been fine. It was just, it was an experience that I'll never forget. Being that close to that experience was, was phenomenal. So that was, without a doubt, my favorite music moment from 2020 all right so and looking at some of these other questions that we have here and rounding out our episode um mm -hmm. really want to focus on something that we ask all of our guests and it's all about types of habits so what new habits did you create you know the biggest one was a complete lifestyle switch so when the year 2021 started i lived in downtown dallas and I was about a five minute drive from my office. So typically I would go to bed at 1130 at night, get up about 630 in the morning, get ready and go to work. Well, I mentioned previously that now I've moved to a new part of the Metroplex and I'm actually about a 40, 45 minute drive from my office. And so I still wanted to be able to be home in time to hang out with Leah, to be able to work out, to be able to do different things. And so with, drive time traffic, that was not going to be an option unless I switched up my work hours. So I had to figure out how I could start waking up at 5 a.m. every single morning so that I could get to work early enough to then be on home at the time that I thought was going to be the right fit for, um, for us moving forward. And so I actually read a book called The 5 a.m. Club that uh, talked about how to develop habits and tips and different types of tactics to help you on that, uh, on that journey. And a lot of it goes into, everyone talks about how important your, your morning routine is. Well, your evening routine is just as important. And you've gotta have a powerful why. And so I have a powerful why, I had some good tips and tactics. And uh, you know I hit it with the ground running. And after probably about a two week stretch, it got to be where it was a routine. And there's still some days where I'll wake up and it's a challenge, but for the most part, it's just a new habit that I've incorporated and I'm in bed typically no later than 10 o'clock and I'm up at five o'clock in the morning, ready to rock and roll. What time do you go? Do you wake up on the weekends? Average. So it, it depends, but I'm still up. I mean, gosh, I would say six thirty-seven. Mm. I have a, uh, so I've adopted, you know, I'm a longstanding member of the 5 a.m. club. Um, I wake up anywhere from about 5.05 to about 5.20, somewhere in that range. Naturally, I just kind of pop up now, except on the weekends. And there's something on Saturday mornings, if I'm not out riding with the guys or I'm not out for a long run or whatever it may be, or, you know, whatever games or whatever, I'm, man, 8 o'clock rolls around and I find myself still in bed and it is a wonderful feeling. Yeah. Um, but yeah, eight, uh, 5 a.m., that's. It, it changes your whole mindset, changes your whole life whenever you uh, are able to get up and get everything done. And working out really early, I think, has been a really big benefit to me as well. 
Yeah, there, there's something magical about being up early and, and feeling like that you're getting a jump on the day mm-hmm. um, and that you're ahead of other people in terms of, even though it's not a competition, there's still something in there that's kind of like, hey, you know, I'm getting after it. For me, it's also a time of tranquility and peace. And so it's just, it helped me to start my day and not feel so rushed, but I really could kind of work into things um, as the day progressed. And then, you know, for me on the weekends, like my goal is I always want to make sure that I have a minimum seven hours of sleep with a goal to get closer to eight. And so typically what I'll do on the weekends is I won't be so rigid because I won't be in bed right at 10 o'clock. I may be mm-hmm. up at 11 or midnight or longer, but I will try to say, hey, I want to make sure that I'm getting at least seven to eight hours of sleep. So, so there are times I do sleep later. Yeah, for me, I think one of the biggest things was to uh, really start to tune in, focus in on, on tuning in my, um, not my diet, but my vitamin intake mm-hmm. and uh, a little bit more weight routine. So like I mentioned, I was starting to get into a little bit more strength training. Uh, I, was, I was able to run, I was running three, five Ks a week which to me is ridiculous to even think about that. I mean, it was, it was a routine. If I did not run a 5k, it was like, well, I didn't run that long or I didn't run that hard. Now, granted, I'm not the fastest runner in the world, but that was something I was doing all the time. So I, I got into that. I started to do the weight routines until I got injured. Um, but then the uh, ramping up my nutrition and understanding of vitamins and holistic, you know, the holistic approach to a, a healthy lifestyle. So vitamins and, and, um, I have a blog post that I'm going to write. I'm committed to you to do this. Eventually, I've got a picture of all the vitamins that I take and all the supplements I take in my hand. Um, and I can go through all that and all the, all the stuff that I've learned from that too. So those are some of the new healthy habits that I've willing to, to impart. But there was something that, that started to take place last year that was a little bit different than something I've ever done. I, I've always written down you know, my you know, goals or my achievements or whatever that may be, but I did it in a very electronic form. Um, so that, cause I like things that are searchable, but I, I started to toy with the idea of how would I go about doing this in a more, in a more manual, like write it down on paper style, um, because it sticks for me a little bit more if I do that and then yeah. I transfer it to my electronic stuff. So I actually started this, a 2022 one, but it was generated in 2021 starting to write down. I actually bought a day planner for the first time in forever. It's actually right back here on my desk you can see right there but it's an old school it's got the blocks on the calendar it's got things i want to do things i want to accomplish like notes and all that kind of stuff so far i'm at, you know three weeks into it and i'm doing okay with it so uh it's a new habit that i've carried over from that i started to formulate last year so we'll see how it goes nice well as we start getting towards the the end of our time and, and we got questions that we could probably talk about for another hour or two but there was one more that i wanted to ask and I mean, it's about the show. So in general, what did you learn from the Pursuit of Growth show this past year? You know, of all the wisdom, all the knowledge, all the experiences, all the kind remarks, uh, the inspirational, you know, things that were shared with us. One thing that was a common thread that I saw throughout every single person that we talked to was the importance of mentors and support. Um, for so long, I am very guilty of this throughout my entire life. It's like, I can do it myself. I can do all of this myself. Um, and I'll, and I'll outwork you because that is how I will achieve more than you. Uh, again, not as it's a competition, but this is how I get to things. I will outwork anyone to the day. Now I learned so much more as you can learn from mentors and those support systems. So actually recapping all of the things that we learned from from the guests moving into 2022 i took a, a word that was going to be important to me and i i and i used it as one of the top words in my list of things is reconnect and so far i've been able to do that i spend every week i reconnect with at least one person that i haven't connected with in a very long time or on a recurring basis as well so just like this friday i will have lunch or uh, i will have coffee with a person I haven't talked to in probably about six months. And then I will also reconnect with a group of people that are, I find a part of my kind of inner circle as well. So I'll get to see them, but reconnecting in this, the mentors and support uh, that you get from other people and having the right people around you um, is something that I learned from the last, um, from all last year's shows. You know, for me, I think it was one word. It was listening. 
So I can be quick in a conversation to, to, to jump in and share what I think or to, uh, to, to be quick to counter with a thought that I have. And the show has really given me an opportunity to just be reminded of just being quiet and listening to people talk and then asking the right types of questions to help them continue to expand on where they're going. And just to, to piggyback on what you said, just the, the amount of wisdom and knowledge that I think we've gained from these conversations over the past, really obviously this past year, but the past two years since we've been doing the show has been something that's, um, that's priceless. And, uh, you know, I go back and, and typically each week I'll listen to one of our past shows and I'm just reminded again, just how blessed we are to have so many fascinating, cool people that are willing to talk to us and share their vulnerabilities share their tips and tactics, share their, their, their things they're excited about and be an example for all of us to be able to kind of follow in their footsteps where they've had success and learn from where they've had failures. It's been a, uh, this show has really been a cool thing that, um, that's, that's made a big impact on my life. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I don't want to, to, I don't want anyone to think that we're just scratching our own itch here, right? We're, we're hoping that, uh, it's selfishly we are uh, we're learning so much um but i hope and i know that people will get a ton of value out of the content that we're sharing and it's not necessarily just because of us but it's because of the people that we're able to connect with and and have them open up and share so i hope people do take the time to kind of read the bios of some of the people that we're interviewing and just take a dive in some people surprise us i mean well i think we're going to go down one path and we go down another path and it's amazing conversation as well so yeah, I hope people can do that. And then coming up, I think we've got a star-studded lineup of people that we're going to talk to. And if we can make some of these heavy hitters drop that we've been looking to connect with, um, I think it's just going to be fun all around too because it's a great show. It's 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 a lot of fun to produce and make, and I hope it provides a lot of value to everybody else. Yeah, well, and, and kind of wrapping things up for this special episode, again, that was a look back on 2021. Sammy, it was a blast just kind of uh, going down memory lane with you in terms of the questions and the answers that we talked about. We want to encourage the people that are listening to follow us online. Um, go to our, uh, our website, which is livetpg.com. Subscribe to our newsletter. You can find us on social media through our site. Follow us online. Buy the book. This book is a roadmap and a lifestyle that will change your life. It's changed Sammy and my lives. We're proud of it. And it's all based on actionable tips that you can apply in your life to take control of where you want to go. Sammy, this episode was so much fun. Next week, I'm excited because instead of taking a look back, we're gonna look, take a look forward and we're gonna talk about 2022 and God willing, what goals we're gonna accomplish in the upcoming year. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. And, and as we do personal and professional development on ourselves, we hope that other people will take time the month of January, you still got a couple of days, set forth some of those goals. If you've already knocked off some of the ones you've already looked to achieve, add some more. Hey, if you've already dropped some of the ones that you wanted, hey, take a look back now. It's better to start again than just say, you know what? It's too late. I got to wait till next year. Start over. It's all the time. You've got plenty of it. Start over. And if you need some help, reach out to Sammy and I, go to our website, contact us. We're happy to help. But with that, live TPG.